This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. trying to find a way to introduce this one. Um, but I just say, I've been going through my normal musing, thinking things, and um, seems to be the season for me. Um, just thinking things over, look at various life challenges um, around me, and um, even within uh, various spheres of my own life. And so I've been asking the Lord, what is the whole, not quite the essence of life, but how can I approach all these challenges of life? Um, and I'm not looking for a very long list. I was, I was asking the Lord. I was just looking for something in manageable bite, manageable bite, something small, something concise. Um, as we all advance in age, your ability to retain a lot of information diminishes, whether you like it or not. So... Um, what is it that can take for the road? Not a long list of things. So that has been my thinking for a short while. And um, I, I've then come to, um, you know, a conclusion. And um, hopefully it's not by all means the final, but I think it's very close to the final thing. It's not a major revelation. I'm sure by the time I tell you, you will hopefully agree with me. And I find out that from the same person who is the perfect human being that ever lived, I can glean the example of what I'm talking about. But I'll come back to that in a minute. The, the summary of life I, I'm trying to come to terms with is um, a six-letter word. Uh, life can be summarized in a six-letter word. Um, and I think, is that word battle? Uh, life is a battle. Or if you want the shorter version, which is just three-letter words, uh, life is what? War. Um, the thing is that we are caught in a battle that we don't know the origin of it. We all ended up in this world. I don't know if anybody ever asked to be born. And now that you are in the world, you are probably hoping, why, why, why was I not make an angel? They don't hunger, they don't sin, they are strong, they are perfect. But we didn't ask for this, but we are here. Tell your neighbor I'm here. <laughs> it's a serious matter. You are here, amen? And we better make the best of it, amen? Life is a battle. And many a times, the root and origin of life's problem do not only go very far down, and I hope another day I will come and expatiate on this, but it goes in many different directions. I say that again. The root and origin of life's problems is not only deep, but it goes in many different directions. So if you are looking for what is the origin of this thing, why is this thing happening? As much as you will try to go and figure it out, and you can try, I discover that it's not only very deep to the extent that you may not find how deep it is, you find that it goes in many directions. I don't know about you. I've seen a few patterns in the scriptures, and I ask questions. For instance, why is it that all the matriarchs in the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, none of them saw their children do well? 
Sarah never lived long enough to see Isaac marry. In actual fact, the Bible said the day the wife was brought to Isaac, Isaac went to the camp and he was, he was already crying before they brought the wife. He said it was the arrival of Rebekah that consoled him of the death of the mother. Maybe Isaac was thinking, I wish mama was here this day that I'm having my bride. After all, mama told me I'm the promised child, not even my older brother, 17 years older than I am. Why is it in the same family that Rebecca herself never lived long enough for Jacob to come back from the sojourn and bury her? Because the Bible tells me, I think in chapter 36 of Genesis, the very last verse, that when Jacob died, so the Isaac, their father, died, Esau and who? Jacob buried him. Apparently, when Jacob was away, still running around, before he came back with many blessings, Mama has died. Why? What is the, what's the problem with that family? Why is it that even when Jacob also started having his own children and had a choice child amongst all his children called Joseph. That Joseph went to Egypt and then broke through for the whole family. And then one day came that they were doing a mighty celebration for Jacob. He was given a hero's record, you remember? Pharaoh asked them to send the chariots and horses to go and bring the man. Rachel was not there. I pray today, any woman in this room, that the plan of the enemy is that you will not live to see the well-being of your children, I counsel you today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in good earth, you will see them. Life is full of many vicissitudes. Too many challenges as all this murmuring and grumbling we are doing. The devil is just laughing. You are in a battle. And it does not hold captives. The Lord summarizes in John chapter 10 verse 10. He said, the thief come not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Life is battle. I say colloquially, you know, uh, right from my, it's, it is a battle. And the enemy we are fighting, brothers and sisters, is not one that we can just take for granted. We need to dig deep. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, even when he came here on earth, he told us his number one vision. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, I believe there are two things the Lord Jesus Christ did. So that is a summary. And then I'll go through what we need to do. He who sins of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was, the Son of God came. The Son of God, how to live royalty in heaven. How to live divinity and come to the world that he might destroy the works of the When you say the main purpose where I've come to visit you, what does that mean to you? It means that that's your number one goal. It means that is your mission number one. From now on, the same him who has left and told us that in the world you shall have tribulation, but in me we shall have peace. Follow after him. Let that be your purpose, to destroy every work of devil in your own life. And make no complaints anymore. Two things the Lord Jesus Christ was particular about. The Father's presence and defeating the devil's purpose. The Father's presence and the devil's purpose. If you have those two, you are sorted. 
If you are not crying out for the presence, and I thank God for that, and God will do that today. I was glad in my heart. We got a few feedback. We would normally have them, but I think yesterday was a little more poignant. Where we do the fathers and the pastors welcome. They didn't know what they were saying. They were answers to my problem. Somebody said when he came in here, that I just feel a different ambience, a different presence. I said, God has not finished with us yet. In fact, he has not started. That's the father's presence. But also, I believe that in your coming today, the works of the devil shall be destroyed. And so we quickly look at a few things about this enemy that is our number one enemy. If you go to title the message, you can title it stronger than the enemy. You know, looking at it from the position of defeat, and I'll tell you the problem or open the secret of the devil, and we'll talk about the solution, and then we move on from there. Somebody say amen. amen. You are more than victorious in Jesus' name. Number one, the enemy is serious. The devil is determined and very focused. He may come across to you as a joker, but please don't joke with him. He is serious. We all thought they were joking before. When they were suggesting that, you know, a man can kiss a man in a passionate, intimate manner. We thought they were joking. The devil is serious. He's serious. You probably thought they are still joking when they say they will take control over your children and dictate what will happen unto them. The devil is serious. He doesn't mess around. He may present it in a jocular manner. He may present it with smiles and with a man suit and everything. But he's still the same old devil. Take the two horns away from his head. He's well-dressed. He's swerved. Is articulate. He walks in the highest of places. You are fighting a very serious enemy. And no time messing around. The devil is serious. When she looks at you or he looks at you and started making passes at you and you say you are joking. Look at you, look at me. Nothing can, ah, uh-uh. ah. Don't you know your level? The devil is serious. Take it serious. Take it serious. When he says that we run you out of this place, and you know he's even subordinate unto you. And you say it's a joke. Uh-uh. It's not a joke. Take it serious. Because you are not fighting against forces that you can see or against someone that you can easily rush aside. Samson thought Delilah was joking. How can you say that I should show me your power? I should show you my power. Was it a joking matter? By the time his house came, his, his two eyes were removed. What's the solution? Got quite a lot to cover. Go with me to First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Just to tell you, the enemy is serious. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Sober is the opposite of. Sober is the opposite of being jocular. Uh-huh. Or sober. When you are sober, you are in a, in a serious mood. It's not light. So, number one, be sober, be vigilant, because you have a serious about seeking whom you may devour. Verse 9, please, very quickly. Resist him. Somebody say, resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Every, everywhere there is suffering. 
But the answer is what? Resisting him steadfastly. Resisting steadfastly. That's solution number one. Resist him steadfastly. When he hits you, hit him back. Don't stand there complaining. Don't entertain the thought that you will have to capitulate. Because Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 tells me that I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength. We are able. It makes it look as if it is inevitable. Defeat is not inevitable. If he's serious, you are serious. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Jesus is able to keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep you from ending up where you don't want to end up. Able to keep your children. Able to keep your life. He's able. He's able. That's the solution. And that's the grand I stand that you are stronger than the enemy. You are aware that he's a serious guy. He doesn't fool around. But also be aware there's a way of escape for you. Because there's strength in me. Number two, it's not only serious, it's subtle. I believe this is where his strength lies most. It's so subtle that it will be hitting you and you will think he's massaging you. It's subtle. There was a time he was going to derail the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter was telling him, oh, master, you cannot go to the cross. I was rubbing his back. Thank you for that theme of the cross today. Because the whole of this victory we are talking about is all about the cross. Massage him. And the Lord said, get it behind me, Satan. He could see the subtlety. From now on, your eyes will be open. And my eyes will be open. No matter how subtle. Any means that will come in form of a friend. Very, very subtle. It does not come with a frontal attack. And the easiest way of subtlety is like I had in a, people, a person's heart. Thank you for Brother Pretos sharing at the uh, workers' meeting this morning. Talk about hardening of heart. Heart is very easy to harden. Harden through unforgiveness. Harden through where I can manage. And heart is very easy to harden. And we can have reason to harden it. That's part of the subtlety. It comes quietly. It comes simply. Not knowing that one is going deeper and deeper. And of course, he was introduced to us in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. The first mention of him, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Shall we have a look? Shall we read together number one? Now, that was the introduction. Was Satan ever mentioned before then? The first, and the, the law of first mention is very important. So if you talk of his strength, talk of his seriousness, talk of it, the number one thing is that he's very cunning. He's very cunning. It will go through the closest person to you. You will go through the worst person. You never know the angle it will come from. But I also have a solution. Because anytime it comes with his own cleverness, there's a higher cleverness or wisdom rather that we have in God. There's a story in Acts chapter 16. We can't read the verses 16 to 40. Paul the apostle has been doing mighty crusade in a town. And he was doing very well. Lydia gave her life to Christ and her whole household. And immediately after that, the devil said, ah, this thing is not going to happen. Raised one girl with spirit of divination. Was following him around and was telling him, he said, ah, this is a man that came from God. Paul did not recognize for one week. What was the agenda? The agenda was that this girl will join their team and become their prophetess. 
I'll be prophesying. And the owner will just follow gently after and continue to do their business. Took Paul the apostle one week to know that this one is demon possessed. And when his eyes were open, superior intelligence came in. It was a typical battle. The whole of that 20 something verses. It was a typical battle to and fro. I fall down, you pull me down, I get up, you pull me down. Eventually, when the game was up, devil raised up opposition against them and said, okay, now you deliver the girl. Next thing is that you won't touch anybody in several moments. Put them in prison. Superior intelligence came. Prison became a crusade ground. And immediately, the foundation was shaking. So, no matter how subtle it is, is, there's a superior intelligence in God. There's a superior wisdom in God. And so, that is why we are better than the enemy. We are stronger than the enemy. Try, he will. But victorious we shall also be in the name of the Lord Jesus. Number three, he is strong. I won't dwell much on that. In actual fact, in Luke chapter 11, verses 21 and 22, Luke chapter 11, 21 and 22, he was called there, or he's called there, the strong man. He's so strong that he bowed, he, he, he bowed a woman, he, he, he bent the woman, as it were, for 18 years. He was so strong that there was a man in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20, that for so many years, this man was so demon-possessed that hefty men and chains cannot hold him. Devil is strong. He's strong, physically strong. In fact, if not by the help of God, no human being can overcome the devil, physically speaking. Because he was an angel. And an angel one day was sent to go and destroy 185,000 people. Believe you me, the devil is physically strong. One day he blew here and a whole tornado took place and destroyed all the properties of Job. Another day he just did hand like that and he gathered all the Maradas and the Sabians and they destroyed all the cattle and everything of this man. The devil is strong, but thank God, Jesus is stronger. He is stronger. He is mightier. And what is the solution? Because when I look at the scripture, I find that, brethren, that by my own reckoning, there were two toughest battles in the Bible. I mean, you can grade yours. I mean, you can grade Job, but I don't think because the length of Job's battle was short, and it was a single person. I believe the strongest battle in the scripture was the battle between Pharaoh and Moses. And that was only less than the battle on the cross because of the extent and the influence. The whole nation was at stake, and Pharaoh consistently, some theologians say that those things took close to two years, that he was doing the two and fro. It wasn't just a straightforward thing. It wasn't just go and come. Then, of course, the battle on the cross, where the devil did everything. Wanted to kill Jesus before the cross, you remember? About three times they made an attempt on his life to push him off the cliff. But what settled those battles? What was the thing that made the battle and tilt in the favor of God? The blood. It was when the sacrifice of the Passover was made that Pharaoh's back was finally broken. That was the beginning of the end for him. Eventually drowned in the sea, but that was the beginning of the end for him. What is it that gave us all the victory we have? It was that cross where the blood was shed. You know, this issue of blood and, and strength is quite a funny one. The last fight between Anthony Joshua and what's, what was that guy? Joseph. Who did they fight? We are all doing as if you didn't watch it or follow it. 
I know you did not. Uh, and um, I think I was doing review with Santos on Dami. I said, how was the fight? As I said, I said, how was, yeah, how was the, yeah, the fight? He said, hey, no, it's all he said. It was a good boxing match, but it was not a fight. And there's a difference between a boxing match and a fight. I hope you know. A fight is rough. In a fight, you see blood. So it's not just gentle punching. Believe you me, you are not in a boxing match with the devil, you are in a fight. And when there's a fight, blood is involved. And so, it's not, thank God, it's not your blood that we're asking for here. Because your blood will not speak. It's the blood of Jesus. Or if it were your blood, oh, all those people that were killing each other on the name of their religion, they, they will have had the upper hand on us. But it's not your blood, it's the blood of the Lamb. So the only thing that would destroy the strength of Satan is the blood of Jesus. And you must be agile and be convinced in your heart that regularly you stand on and match the enemy punch for punch through that blood. Hallelujah. Number four, the devil is strategic. It's not only strong, and we know in that strength, if you stand with the blood of the Lamb of God, you overcome it. It's strategic. I believe the number one strategy of the enemy is that it's very systematic in manner. He, he doesn't do his thing the way we think fight should be done. In actual fact, I believe with all my heart that the devil believes in sowing, in seed sowing more than you. I hope we will just learn from him. The, the, the systematic way the devil does his thing is that he doesn't go and say, I'm going to conquer you one day. You know what he does? If he just drop a seed and he go away. You drop an idea, and it will go away. You will drop a fear, and it will go away. He knows that as long as that ground is available, the seed will grow and will germinate one day. That's what he does. Many people are no longer following the Lord today because of one seed that was dropped in their heart 10 years ago they didn't deal with. When they saw something and they grumbled in their heart, and since that day the devil knows it's a matter of time, the thing will grow and will bear fruit one day. That's why you need to guard your heart. It's a master seed sower. And we children of God, when we talk of sowing seed, we keep grumbling, 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 grumbling. Seeds are powerful. And I'm talking just monastery seed. Of course, monastery seed part of it. Seeds are powerful. Tell your neighbor about Jesus. Drop a seed there. Somebody harasses you at work in your quietness and whatever. I say, you are not okay. I say, what shall I say? I can only depend on God. Drop a seed there. When you eventually have the victory, they will remember. The guy said, it depends on God. He said, I can't fight you. What can I say? I can only depend on God. Drop a seed anywhere you go. In the passport office, drop a seed. In the hospital, drop a seed. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be, you know, abrasive. Just wisely as Jesus used to do it. When he was here or not, just drop something. The devil works by seeds. He's very systematic. That's why the apostles came unto Jesus one day, and they said, I know Jesus was telling them a parable, and they said, you know, a man planted a field, you know the story, and said, so he planted a witch there, and then they came back second, and they said, ah, what are tires, uh, tires doing there? Uh, he said, the devil has done it. He said, it's not only which we have planted. We'll talk a little bit about that on Wednesday. All that we need to do. Brethren, learn to sow seed. If the devil draws one bad thought in your heart, don't worry. You drop two good thoughts. If he brings one accusation, innuendo. Some people, some people are experts in it. May the Lord help them. They're talking about, you know, ask them about another person. They say, hey. they don't need to say more than that. 
with their body language, they've said, and usually they go with that, it's good. When it starts it's good, you know that's what is coming. They, they don't need to tell you the rest. The devil is expert in dropping things like that all over the place. That's the system of working. Where are we in the social status of most part of the Western world today? Well, they don't see that we're sown concerning the issue of same-sex relationship. We can't stop talking about it on the pulpit. Some pulpits have stopped talking about it because you get labeled. And I don't know, paradventure. And may the Lord send them in here. They are spies or whatever. It is wrong. It is not right. The scripture did not. The nature, nature did not do it like that. It was seen they were sowing. That 80% of the population of most Western world believes that it is okay. But that did not happen over one day. We've traced it back to 70 year project. And we are where we are today. I see that at the time. Why don't you sow that seed as well? And don't expect that it will grow tomorrow. Just sow the seed in your neighbor. Just tell your neighbor, drop the truck, drop the car, drop the individual car, sow the seed. It has worked for them. Was mentioning to you before. Now we need to enter. The, we need to confront this head-on. It's getting to the point in which it's now gone beyond man. It's not the transgender one. It's even getting more horrible and horrible by the day. Who will stand up and talk? We shall stand up and talk. Yeah. That even children now they have the right to say this is the gender they want to be, and you have as a parent no right to say they can't be. And all they need to do is to just start on the hormonal treatment and before they know it, they can then do for all the surgery to turn themselves around. Who will stand up and talk? Who will say enough is enough? There are some children that have been born, they don't know better. They never heard of any kind of thing that most of you have heard of, that this is a normal relationship. Bad enough to repent and turn away from the natural sins of boys and girls doing silly things. But how do we reckon this one that the Lord calls abomination? How do we deal with that? Shall we stand by and let the agenda of the enemy continue? Or shall we take a stand and I say, you sow your bad seed, I sow my good seed. Set people up. Say, make a cake for me. And then, you know, to celebrate a union that I know is ungodly. A man and a man, a woman and a woman. And if it's not paying you enough, the possible Tory minister or, or leader, a few only God knows down the line, is going to get married very soon. Already pregnant. But that's not the problem. Uh, as bad as that is, as ungodly as that is, Oh, maybe you yourself you repented of that. At least heaven can recognize this, you know. So got pregnant by unnatural means and went to marry another person of the same sex. And all the people were gushing over that. When will this stop? What are we living for? Bestiality is increasing every day. The first time this evil agenda started, I was in the medical school at that time. They started rumbling in the U.S. They said, this is the DMS or whatever. This is the day they classify diseases. In those days, we used to rank some of these things. I call them, you know, they actually go to, uh, to see psychiatrists in those days. I remember the way we crammed it in those days, you know. 
As medical student, we call it pedorasty, pedophilia, arachidasty, and homosexuality. We cram it like that. They were all. The first things that they remove you from the register, that there are no longer diseases. And nobody knew. You will hear about that. We waited another 20 years or more. And then we started saying that, why do you want people that is consensual between two people? We, we, we have confronted, and I know my challenge is big enough, your challenge is big enough, but we can't live in an environment that is so filthy to compound our challenges. Yes, I'm trusting God for, for, for this health problem. I'm trusting God for this child. I'm trusting God for this spouse or whatever. Yes, I know. But in the grand scheme of things, there are things that are big, possibly bigger than what I'm struggling with. Let the child be well and be raised up in an environment. Don't some things think to you anymore? Our nostril has been so blocked that we can't even smell what is not good anymore. But we are stronger than the enemy. I say we are stronger than the enemy. And what is the solution? I've mentioned that to you. We need to also be strategically diligent. Continue to do what is good. No matter what it is. If they hit us once, we get up and hit them back. Amen. And finally, the devil... It's not only serious. The devil is not only subtle. The devil is not only strong. It's not only strategic. It's also subordinated. It's not the prime creature. It's not on top of the pile. Subordinated, I check again, means belonging to a lower class or subject to the authority or control of another. He is subject to the control and authority of another. And number one authority is subject unto is the control and authority of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then that same authority has given unto you, as he mentioned in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 7 to 11, I think. Where he has delegated that same authority unto you. Hallelujah. He said he led the captivity captive and gave gift unto men. That's why in a moment as we stand up, we're going to pray some very strategic prayers. Hallelujah. And we shall begin to see the hand of the Lord doing mighty things in our lives in the name of Jesus. In Mark chapter 16 verse 17, he gladdens our heart by saying something. Mark chapter 16 verse 17. And these signs we follow. Read together with me. One, two, go. And these signs... uh, those, stop. Do you believe? Are you sure? Okay. And this time we follow those who believe, want to go in. What was your number one duty? What's your number one work? Even before you start speaking with new tongues. If we believe the order, and I believe that order. I don't believe the Bible was written haphazardly. Some, 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 some incredible symphonies in that Bible that could not have been managed by human being. John was writing the book of John. For some strange reason, he had only seven eyes. I am, I am, I am. Only seven. I don't think he said that. And he scattered them all over the place. By the time he finished writing, others wrote about 22 miracles. The man wrote only seven miracles. For some strange reason. And if you go to the book of Revelation, you see some... You know, people with, uh, you know, all this um, conspiracy theory they have, but I, I know that the Bible, so if that is the order that God has ordered, number one thing is that we shall cast out demons. And all these things happening around us, they are demons. Some of the challenges in our homes, they are demons. 
And stop grumbling and stop calling your friend your enemy. God is not your enemy. He's only waiting for you to wise up. He's waiting for me to wise up. Division in churches and breakages and all sorts of shenanigans and all sorts of nonsense, they are all part of the strategy of it. It's part of his subtlety. And then we start turning against our friend who is standing by our side. Instead of standing against the enemy, I say, enough! Take your hand away with me. He does not listen. Tell him again. Because he knows that you are serious. Because he knows that you have an agenda, another second option to turn against God. And maybe God is even checking out your heart. Is that not what Israel, is that what he did for children of Israel? That's why they miss it. I'm telling you what God is teaching me, not you. That's why they missed it. He led them through all those miracles in Egypt. And then they eventually came out of Egypt. They went to the wilderness and started allowing difficulties to come their way. You remember? Instead of standing and fighting the difficulties, what were they doing? They were blaming God. And you know what he said? He said, I led you through the wilderness to test you to know what is in your heart. So many times when we are being tested, and the next opponent that we pick is God. He's revealing your heart unto you. Where is your face? Where is everything? And I know it's hard. I've been there before. That's why I'm not preaching. I'm preaching to myself. You know from now on, if it doesn't work, I keep fighting the devil. And heaven will know that this boy is not going to give up. God is for me. And don't let guilt that he uses most of the time to hinder you. Because I've just said that now, you now go back and say, eh, well, well, it's okay to say that, Pastor, but even myself, I'm not even sure. I'm... No, you are. God is on your side. If thou shalt mark iniquity, you shall stand. While the apostles fully sorted before they start casting out demons, don't let him tell you like part of his subtlety. Oh, but you know, I remember five years ago what I did too. So what? Has he forgiven you? Has he cleansed you? Have you denied Jesus three times? Have you? You are not sure. I'm sure you have not. Amen. At least not publicly. Hallelujah. Today, we shall take our stand. We shall stand on the truth that we are stronger than the enemy. Tell yourself I'm stronger than the enemy. Are you sure? Uh, Of the truth, we are stronger than the enemy in Jesus' name. I want us to rise on our feet. Do you feel like praying now? Are you a little bit angry? You should be angry, actually. You should be angry against the devil. Are you a bit angry? Yeah. If you are not, then I may have those that are not angry. I'll ask you to stay on that side. Another one hour I talk to you. And by that time, you'll be furious. Hallelujah. This nasty, serious, subtle enemy, we shall overcome him. And enough that the church start working against itself. We are too quick to... And it pains me. Is it just a culmination of a few things? I was reading about God, channel man, whatever. No mercy for anybody. The woman that's, you know, go and study those things. Go and read them in your time. So what is wrong with you, church? Why are you joining the devil to fight your own? How many times have you heard all the evil that is happening in other religions? What's wrong with you people? Why are you agents in the hand of the devil? Nobody's asking you to condone iniquity. We're only saying that there are things that is better solved within the home. Reasonable people, 
There are things that happen in your home. I don't expect you to tell me why should you. Some if you want me for counseling and give me the limited sense. Of course, there are many things that happen in my home you never knew. People that belong generally to your home, you're born together, you deal with it in the house. Who are those agents of Satan that are destroying what Christ is building? What lies he told them? Who has made them to be the policeman of God? As if God cannot take care of his own church. Anyone that is in that disease from now on, there's a group of people, and I stand to tell you I'm one of them that are rising up to push back against all this stupidity. There I use such a strong word that the enemy is foisting upon the church. Are you a little bit angry now? You should be. There's no catch in the question. Are you hungry? You should be. You should be. Enough is enough. We must go free. We shall go free. Romans chapter 16 verse 20. Where I'm talking so that you don't come into this table of the Lord with guilt in your heart. Tell God from your heart. He knows deep within you, you want to do his will. If you are genuinely born again. Or you may fall short sometimes. But he is ready to help you. Tell him again, I'm sorry in your heart. If you don't give your life to Christ before, it's very simple. Just say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. There's no mystery about it. I can't remember the prayer I prayed when I gave my life to Christ. But I'm following him fervently and ardently now. But everyone in the room, Lord, whatever may hinder me, whatever the lie I may want to use as guilt to hinder me from standing before you in fullness of of righteousness and pushing back against him. Lord, by your mercy, wash me again. Let me stand and begin to pronounce by yourself, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm righteous in Christ Jesus. His blood has washed me. I'm wiser than the evil one. He will not trick me anymore. He will not make me trip anymore. After all, he says that the righteous may fall, may fall seven times, but he will rise again. He said, but the wicked shall be destroyed. The wicked are those that don't know God. The righteous, how can the righteous fall? Well, if you are righteous in Christ Jesus, you may stumble, but you will rise again. Release yourself now so that you can do battle properly. Hallelujah. Release yourself so that you can do battle. You can do battle. You can do battle. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Romans 16 verse 20. One, two, go. We read. And the God of peace. Will you turn that to a personal? Read together in a personalized manner. One, two, go. One more time, uh, and the God of peace will crush Satan under my feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with me. Amen. Is thy that great that you will crush him and continue to crush him? Lift up your say, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly father in the name of jesus i hold on to your word and i declare with confidence god my father god of peace crush satan under my feet 
now in the name of Jesus shortly means very soon shortly means like now and the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet in Kapoyalabo crush him under my feet oh God crush him under my feet oh Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord crush him crush him we soon another version say we soon crush Satan under your feet oh it's going to be something very soon it's not going to be long you will get your result before on the end of the day tonight yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord in the name that's above all names yes Lord name the circumstance and the situation in the life of your son in the life of your daughter in the life of your spouse in the life of your brother your sister God your word I take into my mouth and I say crush Satan under my feet in the name of Jesus thank you father in Jesus mighty name we pray for 30 seconds we pray that prayer but listen to another add good to it of course our friend the message translator says and before you know it the God of peace will come down on Satan with both feet stomping him into the dirt <laughs> It's a very fun nice. He said, enjoy the best of Jesus. Okay, hallelujah. <laughs> what does NLT say? But everyone, so he said, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And then continue about the grace. We're going to pray that under your feet, Satan will be stormed. And if you are afraid, how can I do it? I'm not strong enough. Remember, we are told that it's him that will crush him under your feet. Your feet will only be there as when that will crush it. So don't wait until your feet are okay. Your feet do not need to be okay. They may be aching. They may be going to wrong places, but he said he will crush it and he will stomp him under your feet. He will do it for you in your life, in the life of your children. Come on, lift up your voices. Another 30 seconds up and pray that work through very quickly. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. One more prayer point and then another confession. And then we will lift our hands and we make pronunciation or pronouncement concerning healing and deliverance as the Lord will want us to do. Now, in Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, you're quite aware of that verse. But God give me a bit of revelation. I can't preach that and I would love to. But I want us to take one point from that. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Shall we read together, please? It's good in your mouth. One, to go. Hallelujah. The word I'm looking for that who has bewitched you. We think bewitchment or uh, I try to look for the word bewitchment, there's none. But to bewitch people, um, it's not something that big. It's just to like make them see red as if it's pink. To see black as a shade of gray. And not very, not, not mark. Nobody will, unless you are 
dealing with old myth, mythological story we talk about, the man with two with a heart, black on one side, life is not like that. It's usually red and a shade of pink. And so, we're going to pray that every witchcraft spirit that has clouded our eyes, not to see where the enemy is you know, doing harm unto us, today, the Lord will shatter all such power in the name of the Lord Jesus. That every witchcraft spirit walking. Our sister led prayer this morning. She prayed about witchcraft spirit. How apt, how correct. That by the power of the living God. And witchcraft, we don't need to be a, witchcraft, a witch to carry witchcraft spirit. He can do witchcraft to anybody. It's a witchcraft spirit that was walking through Peter in that day. When Jesus Christ said, get it behind me, Satan. So don't go and hide your head somewhere. Even you yourself, if you have been used before, it will be no more. So we say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we resist, we revolt against, we fight with all our energy, every weaker spirit troubling our lives, troubling our children. They can't see things clearly. We ourselves, we can't see things clearly. It's just a little bit different from the original. It's not completely out, but we want to set you for what is next. Oh, part of witchcraft spirit is to believe that sickness ought to reside in you. It is witchcraft spirit is to believe that you don't need to live above the level of lack. It is witchcraft spirit. It is witchcraft spirit that says that you cannot be using the hand of God. It is witchcraft spirit. It manipulates. It bends the truth. We rise against every operation of witchcraft spirit in this place, oh God. Every man and woman shall rise up with a renewed energy and we shall press against the kingdom of the enemy. In Gabori Postontariaka. Jesus Barika Shantarika Tahigedeabo. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I resist every oppression of witchcraft spirit in my life, in my home, in my vicinity, in my city. I resist it with an heavenly force, and you shall be resisted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Suffer not a wish to live. Suffer not a wish to live. Suffer, I know what I mean. Don't allow them to live. Every oppression of witchcraft in our lives, in our children, today they shall die in the name of the Lord Jesus. Death simply means inability to function. When a person dies, he stops functioning the physical. See, these spirits are, are spiritual forces. As far as you are concerned, they shall be dead. Yeah. Ah, and I know theologically you can't kill demons. Anyone that wants to do this, go and do your theology. But I'm talking of practical things in the kingdom. Every weaker spirit, as long as you come near me, you stay dead. Yeah. You stay dead. Yeah. You come near my brother, you stay dead. Come near my children, you stay there. Come on, shout and say, you are dead with Christ's spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voices. You are not a victim, you are a victor. You are not to be dominated, you are to dominate. 
You are not to be a person that will be strangling from the pit. You are to rise up. That's why sickness shall not reside in your body. In Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We stand at the name that's above our names and we possess our possessions. Our God is faithful. Yes, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Finally, before you make this confession, just to let you know, this is not all talk for me. It's going to be all action. And with a renewed anger against every limitation. Ah, some of the battles we fought, we fought them half-heartedly. Or we fought them wholeheartedly, but for too short a period of time. It's like a burst of energy. This is a marathon. And the day the Lord gave me the impression, and maybe it's time well for me. The money of your life, you pick speed so that you can be ahead of the pack in a marathon. The middle of your life, you run steadily. The number one thing is that don't fall. You watch your feet. The final part of your life, you even throw caution a little bit, and then you then go for the run. So it's still my own story. Don't worry. But now, you will see that effect by the grace of God. So by the special grace of God, all those groups that have been having prayers, that are praying for the singles, and we're believing God, I'll be having once a month, it might increase to twice a month, prayer with all our children that have any tiny issue, you know, if it's a developmental issue or whatever. I'll be having once, and I'll come in there prepared by the special grace of God. We shall, and I will announce the next day by God's grace by Wednesday. We, we take no for, we're not taking no for an answer. Our work concerning the divine still continues. We get a date with Sister Zuma. I seek the face of the Lord, what we need to do. We will fight until we win. Yeah, yeah not sad. I say we will fight until we win. Yeah. And by proclamation, everyone in this place struggling concerning your finances, the embargo is lifted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. It is lifted. You are not to be subjugated. You are to subjugate. You are not to be dominated. You are to dominate. Verse 28 of chapter 1. Very quickly, the Lord pronounced a blessing upon them. Say, have dominion. Dominion we shall have. And so, let's be known. Let's know that this is going to be a pivotal message that we have had, which is going to inform our action for the next few weeks, so that the one that the Lord has promised may happen. If the Lord has spoken, the only thing that can stop it can be the enemy. He said, they are set before me, I know Pundo, but there are many. You can have a Pundo set before you. You may not enter if you don't take care of the adversaries. The apostles say, pray. It's not necessarily a failure of, of prophecy. It's a failure of preparation and willingness to do what we need to do. And what we need to do has been done by Christ. Just apply it. Lift your right hand to the heavens. We declare this three times. And very simple, it's going to be our confession. I first read it so that you know what I'm going to. I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better than the enemy. Did you get it now? And as you say it, sometimes, some of you, the first time it will become rema. Some of you, it might be up to the third time. Some of you, it's when you are going home that that word will be coming up. And when we talk of you no know, doing prophetic things, please uh, don't let me stress you too much. Put down your hand for now. Don't let me say one more thing. On Friday, we were talking about, um, just to tell you how subtle the enemy is. 
we were talking about, ah, let's just do things. You know, I know my people, they're fantastic. You know, arguably the best choir in town, and I'm not saying that because people say it. I mean it. I'm not just talking of the, the technical sharpness. I've, I've listened to cases before. When I listen, that's where you know why people sing. People that are ablibing and blending this morning, that story for another day. Anyway, when that was on Friday, leading one song after another, after another and then brought the third song. You remember? You remember the third song? He started singing it. That song did not leave me for close to 20 hours. Do you know when the song was taken away? For some strange reason, I put on the telly and they were singing one useless song. You won't believe it. And he just took that song away. You won't believe it. Look, what we are fighting is real. That's a prophetic song. Up to now, I will even need to ask you what the song is. I'm not telling you a story that is out of this. I'm telling you what I've lived. Seldom. I was waiting. Oh, I, of course, I know it's that. We can handle it. I mean, it could be a little bit crushed. Oh, this is my song. I, I, I know the prophetic one song will come. And I could have done it with any one of them. I know that for sure. But that song came. I've forgotten it up to now. I will need to collect it. That's to tell you that there's a battle that is going on. Are you listening to me? So when you declare this now, let it be remar unto you. Are you, are you there with me? So you see after me, I am stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better than the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I am stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better than the enemy. In the name of Jesus. One more time. I mean it. I am stronger. I am wiser. And I'm better than the enemy. In the name of Jesus. You can turn that to a prayer. Just internalize it. I am. I am. Christian, you are stronger. You are wiser. And you are better than the enemy. No matter how much he tries. I am. I am. I am. My Lord is with me. I am stronger. I am wiser. And for truth, I know I'm better than this liar because Christ is in me. In Gabori Kataya. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' marvelous name, we pray. Father, in the name that's above all names, let your spirit of glory, the wonder-working Holy Spirit, our God. Move again in this place. And let every form of demonic affliction or otherwise in terms of sickness be defeated right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let this word reverberate and ricochet all around this building to this surrounding community in the name of the Lord Jesus. The men and women on the street, we know that the power to break the effort and the power of the enemy is residing here. And men and women, we come in here, dwell in that power, go home and exercise that same power in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive the power to triumph. I say receive the power to triumph. From now on, every utterance of your mouth, as the Lord we touch your lips this afternoon, shall come to pass for good in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you will come back and testify. And God of heaven and earth shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray.
For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.